a day. You can see that. For 12 years, I worked for some very dangerous people. Everybody get to the basement. What is happening? Don't call 911. I used to be what they call an auditor. The last guy anyone wants to see at their door. Because it meant you didn't have long to live. But I left it behind to start a family. I might have uh, overcorrected. When you left, You've abandoned a certain debt that needs repayment. And your creditor is aware of your resurrection. They came after my family. They stole my kitty cat bracelet. And you don't fucking do that! Give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet! You look like shit. Dad, you should see the other guys. Who the fuck are you? Me? I'm nobody. Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast, the review edition. And this is your colorful perspective into nobody. Your favorite minorities are back, and the report is in. My name is Shama, and here with me, Raul. Hey, what's up? I'm somebody. You are somebody. Hmm. So here I'm the nobody. Unlike unlike Bob Odenkirk, I am somebody. That's good. That's good. I really wish like I'm I'm that nobody character. If that makes sense. Because I can relate so much, but we'll see. <laughs> but before, sure some, of your, some of your employees are like, ah, nobody. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Actually, to the some of you guys that are listening, because I just found lately that some of you guys listen, so you know what I'm doing. Uh, just a shout out for listening. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I really, yeah, I like that. But before we start talking about somebody or... Nobody. Make sure you give the show a follow at mreportpod on Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to the website for any and all new content at mreportpod.com. Today on the report, the non-spoiler review of the new Universal movie, Nobody. Hutch Mandel is an underestimated and overlooked dad and husband, taking life's indignities to the chin and never pushing back. A nobody. When two thieves break into his suburban home one night, Hutch declines to defend himself or his family, hoping to prevent serious violence. His teenage son is disappointed in him, and his wife only seems to pull further away. The aftermath of the incident strikes a match to Hutch's long, simmering rage, triggering dormant instincts and propelling him on a brutal path that will surface dark secrets and lethal skills. In a barrage of fists, gunfire, and squealing tires, Hutch must save his family from a dangerous adversary and ensure that he will never be underestimated as a nobody again. It is written by Derek Kolstad, directed by Ilya Nyshuler, 
and it is starring Bob Odenkirk, Alexei Serebyakov, Connie Nielsen, and Christopher Lloyd. Shama. Uh, this is one of those many films that were affected by uh, COVID. Of course, um, it has had a dozen, exactly. <laughs> or close to a dozen release dates. Uh, walk us through its, uh, its this is going to be a, a thing now. Walk us through its uh, release uh, a collection, I guess, release date collection. Sure. Definitely, definitely. And thankfully, it was not like as much as Death on the Nile because it took like several numbers of changes. But well, we're not sure anybody wants to see that one yet. So. Oh, exactly. Nobody was definitely scheduled to be released in the unprecedented year of 2020. And now it's released in the unusual year of 2021. This film had its release date changed five times due to COVID-19, definitely. It was originally scheduled to open on August 14th of 2020. That was before the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, they pushed it to February 26th of 2021. Then they moved it one week back to February 19th. Then they moved it again to February 26th. Then they decided to move it to April 2nd when the new James Bond movie No Time to Die was pushed till the end of the year. Then Universal found that Warner Brothers wanted to release Godzilla versus Kong in the last day of March, March 31st, which is like three days before April 2nd, so it will take away a lot from the attendance. While the movie, they put the tickets on sale for April 2nd. They had to cancel it and pull it back one week in advance, and the movie started playing on March 26th. What a year, and what a movie. What a movie we're going to get into it. Um, general thoughts. Uh, I'll start. Honestly, um, I didn't have any thoughts, honestly, any feelings one way or the other. I, I can't say I was anxiously waiting for this to drop. Like that when you you walk me through the change in release dates, um, I it surprised me because I knew so little about this film that it was not on my radar at all. It Its changes in release schedule did not affect my life in the least. Apparently, I, I was not looking out for this film. Uh, but after seeing it, I can say I'm super surprised. It's a ton of fun. It's really well made. And I am hopeful that they will be able to make a franchise out of this, um, not unlike that of John Wick. I agree. It's the same here. I wasn't expecting anything at all. One thing I remember, like that uh, Bob Odenkirk like, said in an interview two years ago when he was nominated for the Golden Globe, that he will not take any new role, especially in movies, unless it's different and challenging. And apparently he found that role, or the role found him. Like, it's, a diff- it's different. It's challenging, and I can see, like, yes, it's really challenging. Here we are seeing uh, the man that we all know, or personally, I know him as Saul from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Saul Goodman. Exactly, a Saul Goodman. In in Better Call Saul, in Breaking Bad. But here, he's different. It's a new new performance. He's a, a killing machine. You know, like, it's unexpected from this character, unexpected from uh, this performer. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was extremely unexpected. We're going to get into 
everything around him and Bob Odenkirk. It's it's interesting because he must have been offered this shortly after because I'm pretty sure he said he's quoted saying that he he took like fight training for this role for like about two years. So it must have been he must have either already have accepted and started or like started shortly after and started um you know, sometimes they, they don't reveal things like they maybe he had he had it in mind, but since he cannot talk about the film for a long time, and he he landed on the role and uh, and he knows that he got it and he knows that it's challenging. So sometimes like it's it's like um, selling uh, the the performance the performance, you know. So it might be. So I wanted to start today with talking about screenwriting a bit because there isn't in this film a, a ton. Like I can't say that the the plot is mind-blowingly original, right? Um, it's a wannabe ordinary guy with a history of violence um, who gets involved in something that pushes him uh, to the breaking point or to the limit and makes everyone who messed with him or anyone that like got him involved, if you will, um, regret it immensely, right? Uh, anyone that made him come out of retirement <laughs> uh, regrets it. And that's kind of the, the the big premise of the whole movie. We've seen this, right? We've seen this in John Wick. We've seen this in John Wick with other Russians <laughs> or Ukrainian. What are they? Are they Russian? There's something. Yeah, you know, um, like it's a, from the <laughs> Soviet Union, you know, like, uh, so. And There's something. Uh, we also see it in Taken, right? It's He's it, just like, oh, I'm just a... Uh, I do some security guard stuff on the side. And then his daughter gets kidnapped. He's just like, oh, I got to go do this one more time. You know, I got to polish these skills I haven't used in so long. Like he does it. Um, we see it in Olympus has fallen. London has fallen. An angel has fallen. Um, or as Shama likes to call it. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, do not forget abs have fallen. Abs have fallen. <laughs> where, back to screenwriting. So where I feel like this one succeeds um, is they highlight his rust, if you will, um, you know, since he's been out of the game, quote unquote, um, for like, I, I don't know, it seems like he has teenage children for like, what, 15 years or more. Um, so they, I feel like they depict that really well. Um, I feel like some of these other movies say like, I've been out of the game, but like, they're unstoppable. Like people like, I feel, I feel like, I don't even remember Liam Neeson getting punched in the face and taken like in any of the takens because he's just so good. <laughs> and the camera cuts so fast. Exactly. The he has like oh. <laughs> kind of superpowers, like a little bit of a, and, but, but here, yeah, like, uh, I like the details that, that, that they are executing in this proper way. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing, right? Uh, that, the it, this is like, surreal above reality right super reality in this but still the action choices in this feel much more believable uh, like you said much more grounded um especially the hand-to-hand sequences um which uh, yes have to do with direction but i'm sure they're in the script also really in the script like i feel like the dialogue needs a bit of work but it it's fun you know the, the, i feel like in john wick i thought the same thing i was like oh i didn't like that line but like there's so much dialogue in john wick that's a lot of fun and same here. Um, it isn't perfect, but it's a, the thing is, it's an action film, right? And like it or not, um, we hold, everyone holds action movies to a different standard, right? Um, we hold to a different standard than dramas. We hold to a different standard than even comedies. Um, horror is is more like 
action, right? We hold it to a, a lower standard. Um, it, there are there are certain things, certain formulas. Um, I'm, it, I'm not trying to knock action or horror by saying that there's a formula I have to follow, but there is. You know, they are great. They're actually very very difficult to execute correctly. And they, they can get away with certain things, right? They can get away with something like this one, right? We have a scene where he reveals, I, this isn't a spoiler, I, I don't know, he, he, he reveals his backstory to bad guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's so often we see, right, in, in action movies where the bad guy reveals his plot to the good guy. And this, we kind of see his backstory being revealed to the bad guy. And it, I feel like it's, I feel like the scene could have worked. But I feel like the way it was brought together, the way it ended up being portrayed, felt a bit forced, um, which could be on direction, but also is likely on the page as well. Um, but anyway, um, oh, I mean, overall, I think the film is, 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 is the writing is, is pretty solid. I didn't feel that forced uh, part when I was watching, but when you brought it up now, I can see that, you know, but like while watching, it was like uh, just like covered with what's happening. Um, but like watching uh, this movie written by the guy who created the John Wick franchise, you know, they created these characters, wrote these three movies, made me think of what, what he can add in another action movie without copying the same trend he has in the John Wick universe. But watching here, like, no, he succeeded in creating something else. Like, and especially it's in the title. It's a nobody, you know. It doesn't have to be like uh, special or different or living like this weird uh, life or uh, away from everything or like hidden. No, no, no. It's he's normal, normal. He's regular. He's nobody. You know, uh, it reminds me of, yeah. of myself. You know, like without like uh, that comparison. Of course, I don't have that uh, talent in in in, in action. <laughs> now that we know. Uh, oh mm, yeah, you're correct. But talk about like this screenplay, this plot. I'm satisfied with the plot. I'm satisfied with the screenplay. I, I do agree with you about the dialogue. It could have been better, but it's forgiven amid like everything else he originally created for this story. Um, and you know what I believe really helped in delivering this, this film and made it like good for, for, for you and me for, and for others? That it was 92 minutes. And I'm sure like it yeah. was part of the screenplay and like part of the communication with the director, but having an experienced screenwriter like like a guy knows how to create a movie that like uh, that the box office loves the, the three movies and with, with lots of spin-off coming out of his characters that he created with a hardcore director that that was willing to create something different I only know Ilya from his 2015 um, movie hardcore Henry it was a movie with mind-blowing action sequences and it was an unusual film. Like I remember, I see what people, you did there. I see what you did there. Oh yeah, so hardcore uh, director, hardcore, hardcore director, Henry. hardcore Henry. He is, he is. Like uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this movie, I remember. Like it, it I think it uh, debuted at South by Southwest, and people were talking about it. And then I, I had the chance to watch it in the theater when it was released with no expectations. And then I found like, ooh, that's different, completely different. So I've, I, I haven't seen Hardcore Henry. I also haven't seen Upgrade. And for the longest time, I kept getting the two mixed up. And people would be like, because I had only seen the trailers for each, and people would be like, ah, I think I would I would call Hardcore Henry Upgrade. Uh, well, I was well, like, I, oh, I gotta. I, I, I have this that, feeling that, that you will love uh, Upgrade. I'm not sure if you will love Hardcore Henry, but I think that you will love Upgrade. 
I need to watch it. I need to get to it. I love that film. I love that film. But talking back about Ilya, like um, having this director, um, I I believe that like he pays attention to the like pays full attention to the details, especially like yes, he's creating an action film, the, like a commercial product, but he's paying attention to the details. He um, he succeeded in creating a perfect fit for this genre. It satisfies like everybody looking for like anyone that thirsty for blood sequences, uh, violent action, and he he found the balance of maintaining the grip of the film and not making it cheesy, paying attention to the fine details, and the well balance again between good filmmaking and an entertaining final commercial product. Yeah, I th- I think it's good, and it, it it's it's weird because you know in an action film, um, I think action directors have such an opportunity to um stylize i guess and and and, um play with how they want to like elevate this um while still pleasing the audience right um the the thing is that like as you know vfx um you know visual effects evolve um audiences crave more realism in their action that is um, while simultaneously demanding more action. <laughs> um, that means, though, that that it they have a lot of opportunity for create for creativity, right? Um, whilst following a formula, and 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 I hate using that word because I don't want to diminish um, action at all. Um, it is very difficult to execute, um, and there is such a huge expectation placed on action films that also I'm sure adds pressures. But sometimes um, I feel like directors go way too far, i.e. Um, the trailer for the new... I, I, it's two universal films. Um, the trailer for the new Fast and the Furious is ridiculous. Um, and, and I love the Fast and Furious films. But man, that one is just pushing it too far. While, on the other hand, we have, I, I feel like some people might snicker at this, but I feel like something like Mission Impossible has really good balance, though, you know, every film, they're raising the stakes, you know, there's, there's well, there's not as many Mission Impossible films as there are Fast and Furious films, because they, they're taking their times with those, they're taking more time than these Fast and Furious films, but my point is, um, Mission Impossible just seems... They always raise the stakes, but they always play in this realm of, of uh, I, I don't know, they, they never go too over the top that then they have to like go ridiculous. At some point, they're going to have to go way too ridiculous to surpass because they just have been too far with their like trying to exceed. Anyway, I don't even know why I'm going on this. But tangent. you're correct, actually. No, you are correct. Like watching <laughs> Fast and Furious and thinking like um they don't abide by by physics and laws and or anything. And you always feel that like okay, they can just like go to the moon or go to Mars like in a car. You know, like that's like in Fast and Furious you say, oh they are silly and cheesy and like okay like whatever. Oh but that's in, that's what's gonna happen in, in the tenth one. I but, actually I don't, I so, can believe it. I can believe it's happening. So in, in, in Mission Impossible, the difference between Mission Impossible is you know they're saying they're gonna they're gonna go to space at some point. 
When they go to space, they're going to obey the rules of space. You know, he's going to be on a spaceship and they're going to be like shooting each other. And he's going to be like ejecting people out of it. And like, there's going to be one part where he's like holding on to something while like the thing is pulling him and like, he's going to get pulled and somebody's going to press it at the very last second after they were being choked by somebody else. And the door is going to shut just in time to catch him and he's gonna slam into it you know and it's it's gonna be this thing she's like oh that's, and that's really what intense. we expect from them that's what we <clears throat> that's expect. mission impossible exactly but in in fast and furious when they go to space what's gonna likely happen is uh he's he's uh, uh dominic toretto it's gonna be in a mustang and he's gonna get shot out of a cannon <laughs> and he's gonna land on like a, a plane that's it's gonna just shove him up even further and then he's going to somehow get banged by another plane and sent into space. And then he's going to be like, perfectly, he has to like time yeah, it perfectly with, with no so that he can... Dealt with nothing. He, you know? Nothing. And he has to perfectly crash his car into the space, the International Space Station, because that's where the bad guys are. And uh, he's got, if he misses it, he will go out into space forever. And then at the very last minute, like Tyreek is going to like hit his car because he's about to miss it. But he, he helps him get back and on. I don't know. It's going to be something <laughs> so ridiculous. And he will slam his car into the International Space Station and break in and kill the bad guys. And it's going to be great. <laughs> and it's going to be ridiculous. So that is the difference between these two films. And though and that's, nobody and that's the difference is. difference <laughs> between like Liam Neeson's action and like Bob Dunkirk or even like John Wick, you know? Well, even here, so like here, you know, this this film seems to play well with that balance. You know, I guess it's like this ridiculous tangent I went on. It, it, they, I feel like they get creative while following the formula, but while still pushing the envelope of action. Um, yeah, and challenging themselves. So, like John Wick. I feel like John Wick is, I mean, it's the same writer. So, um, but yeah, very much like John Wick. I feel like John Wick plays in this place of realism with his action, you know, um, um, but pushing into that, into the action, Bob Odenkirk, we have not seen him do something like this. Um, he is so good at playing average. Um, we've seen it in Better Call Saul and he does it here. Um, he is seriously underrated. Um, he's so good. I mean, we know he's good and he's, I mean, he was great in Breaking Bad. He is great in Better Call Saul. Um, and he's really, really great here. Um, he had, he does this thing of like, one thing I, I, I like the way that they pushed him and the way that they went with his character is, and I said this earlier, it's just like this sense of like, they really play well with his averageness and his like, you know, being retired for X amount of years. And so when he's like, you know, we see in a trailer, I'm going to kick your ass. Like he gets his kicked too. <laughs> and so he's getting like even more, like we see it in John Wick, like John Wick. I love that he gets so injured and it's like, that's not the kind of thing you tend to see in action movies, but like in this, he, he gets, it's even more to the nth degree. Like he gets so hurt and it's almost like his confidence is much higher than his actual physical ability. Um, yeah. And it, I, I don't know if it has something to do with, maybe they're just trying to play him as being older than John Wick. I feel like, Keanu Reeves is playing like a a younger character 
you know, good amount younger than uh, nobody in this. It might be. It might be like um, age wise, or um, or that like he like just like looks normal, looks uh, regular, looks n- nobody, you know. But as you said, like he is truly underrated. Like Bob Odenkirk in every performance, he surprises us. This character fits him, and it fits his physique. It fits the unexpected that he can deliver. Every time we don't expect anything, and then like, oh wow, he blew, he blows our minds. You know, with his performance, the way he delivers it, the whole casting, you feel that there's an effort in writing each and every one of the characters and their characteristics. Mm-hmm. Of course, like Odenkirk, like he he knows how to fulfill the characteristics of the character he's playing and shows everything inside and outside. But you can see here that like they didn't, they exerted effort in doing. And writing and and portraying every and each one of the characters, the mom, the family, the bad guys, the villains, the the Russians, even the comedic moments from the villain, it it was really really good. Mm. But yeah, seeing and Christopher Lloyd on the big screen, yeah, that's what I was gonna this, say, Christopher. I didn't. Did you know he was in this? No, I did not. Yeah, when you when we first see him, like I, we both looked at each other, like what? Like it it, it was. It was awesome. Like I loved seeing him in this. Yeah, he he was cheerful. He was uplifting. Like seeing him on the screen, especially the character he's playing. He always plays like this. His, unusual yeah, his character is not uplifting, but he seeing uh, him, seeing him <laughs> is uplifting. Yeah, the character. I mean, like yeah, for me, like oh, that's so nice. This is so sweet. Like he has like two like master scenes, like comedic master scenes that like really, I really, really loved. Um, yeah, he he has some great moments in this. But this will take us like to, to the dec- technicals in the film. You feel that like there is an effort exerted from everyone. Like having like this director helming all these people together, I believe he succeeded in doing that. Um, the action choreography, it was marvelous in execution. As you said earlier, like it relies on believable moments from Hutch's character. No exaggeration in visual effects. He's almost falling. He's almost like being like it's mm-hmm. everything that like he's trying to. What you expect from that? He's not a Superman. He's not a superhero. He doesn't yeah, have like superpowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his face gets punched. Like yes, he reacts. Like he he bleeds. He falls. He gets dizzy. it's everything. Yeah, and they have some really good playful moments with both the VFX, you know, the the the, the practical VFX, and with um, cinematography. Like I can think of one shot again, no spoiler, but there's one shot where it's like. Oh, this there's about to be a car crash, and then the camera just like cuts to this like uh, empty frame of a street, and then you just like the car crash comes into frame, and it's it was awesome the way that that shot plays out. I know the cinematography is 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 pr- really solid in this film, but you know that shot in particular, it's both incorporating those VFX, those practical VFX, and the cinematography, and man i like we were both like whoa this is that shot is awesome <laughs> oh yeah that shot was awesome like as you said like cinematography was really good in that shot editing was really good because like it was almost like one shot um vfx was really good in there i have like some problem with the cinematography in in lighting and coloring like the the gradient of colors and things but um, I'm okay with it, you know. Like, it, um, I'm satisfied with most of the angles they used, especially like you can see an effort exerted there. With this budget, no, it 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 fulfilled everything. Um, 
you know, I always talk about like the music and the soundtrack and what's there. Um, I could have seen better, you know, like I expected better soundtrack. The choices were really good in like in, in the bus sequence, in like in an action thing in it. Um, but overall, um, I expected better soundtrack in an action film. Oh, I really like the soundtrack. I feel like they got really creative um, with they got really creative with the music. They they chose some songs that I feel like traditionally would not be chosen for some of the sequences that they were chosen. So I I enjoyed. I really enjoyed the soundtrack. The editing is another thing um, that I feel like in an action film really really needs to be tight and in this one it's solid um they do a great job making the best out of um like all of these moments um that that they use slow-mo um to highlight you know moments where we are supposed to feel some sort of way or make sure we catch something or to trigger something in us um you know unlike some superhero films um where you know they do slow-mo for everything in this <laughs> it's used very tastefully um and it's throwing, used... are you throwing shades on the <laughs> I'm not throwing, I don't, no i'm not throwing shades at nothing um yeah he used to <laughs> and make 10 percent of his film was in slow motion it could, we started? It, it could it, it could be it could be any superhero film that i could be talking about um that came out uh in the last couple of weeks um so so oh wow um, have this, i know <laughs> this uh no, they 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 use it here like like I can recall some of the slow mo moments because they stood out. Like there was one where I was just like, yeah, like I I literally like hollered because it was a great moment to capture, and it was something that they built up to, and we needed to see. Um, and I won't say what it is, but um, yeah, I feel like the 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 editing, the use of camera work, the use of slow mo, all those things, um. They, they, they did a very, very, very uh, solid job in this. Yes, the editing was like stellar in this film. It, 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 it kept you me, it kept me and you uh, like on everybody, I believe, on the edge of their seats. Like the how short the movie is, you don't feel that it, it, it needs an extra minute to be cut, you know, and that's like fulfilling, uh, good execution, good editor, good director, good writing as well. Fulfilling. Shama. I think let's get into our final thoughts. I feel like we've talked a good amount about all the elements, everything that stood out for us. Uh, give us your, your final thoughts real quick. Yeah. Overall, I love this film. I I really, really hope um, that they can do a like, kind of a crossover between Lionsgate and Universal because this movie is Universal. John Wick is a Lionsgate. They have a, a common writer between them. So... They can do like a, a John Wick Hutch Mansell film, you know, like something between them. Listen, I would love for this film to be set in the John Wick universe. Oh, yes. I said this to you during the movie. I was like, yeah, yeah. man, when he opens and like reveals like his money, I like I wanted it to be the John Wick coins so badly because I like I I I that would have been without us knowing, you know, walking into this film blind as John Wick fans. It would have been like, whoa, like it would have been this incredible moment to find out that it's set in the John Wick universe. But of course, it's not because this is universal and you're right, John Wick is Lionsgate. And it, what I assume happened is that Universal was like, we'll pay you a bunch of money to give us a John Wick. 
<laughs> and Actually, so it might be. It's the it's it might be. They have like good action films with Fast and Furious, and the, the, they might. Well, need- I think they 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 were getting ready for the new franchise. I think that I, I genuinely think they asked them to create a new universe where you know they can start making. Yeah, their and own. test the waters with this one and see how yeah, the audience exactly. will react. I like exactly. that. I like that. So the, um, the, they're not going to cross over because they want it to be their own thing, but it would be super dope uh, for this to be set in the John Wick universe. Um, yeah, but um, I really want to uh, watch this film in Dolby as well. Like I love action films in Dolby. Like uh, I'm sure like this would be great. I like any film in Dolby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're correct. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, overall, this film is a ton of fun. It would absolutely be incredible in Dolby. Um, it has been a long while since I've been in Dolby so I would <laughs> I wanted to go we need to get catch something in Dolby um but no this film uh, a ton of fun um is it perfect it's not perfect um you know like we said it has some issues with the dialogue it has I agree with you on the coloring I do think it has a couple of it there are a couple of scenes that stand out in my mind that I literally was sitting there going oh I don't like the coloring in the scene um but overall the film is a ton of fun Bob Odenkirk kills it he's so much fun um you know every cast member here does a great job there's a surprise character that i didn't see coming so i haven't mentioned him um because you only hear his voice for the majority of the film um and yeah and and yeah the film is a lot of fun great action it does exactly what you expect from an action film if you like john wick this film is for you um it's it's john wick low rusty um with a family (laughs) and no puppy um, and for some reason, he thinks that a cat is a good idea after a burglary. Which is what, what, what the hell is a cat going to do? A cat's going to do nothing. <laughs> I think that seems so. like to emotionally connection with, uh, with some family Whatever. member, you know? <laughs> um, I feel like they were like, don't mention dogs in this movie because that's John Wick. That's a John Wick thing. And he was like, well, the that's kids got to ask for a pet. He just wants <laughs> to be fair, you know? Like the writer want, wants to we, be fair between Yeah, the, we want nothing relating to John Wick. Um Except for all the, the action, but uh, but no, the, uh, again, a, a ton of fun. Um, I recommend this film highly. Um, yeah, let's get into report card. Shama, where are you on your report card? I'm at uh, seven point five. Nice, easy one today. I'm also at a seven point five. I think I've, I I think I could see it another time, and I could possibly be coerced to an eight. I was um, thinking but, the same thing. I said, like, if we watch yes. it in Dolby again, I wish we have time to watch it in Dolby before Godzilla. So, yeah, I, 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 I think I could be coerced into going to an eight at some point, um, but I think it needs another watch. But I, right now, I'm going to sit at seven point five. So the cumulative and report card is a seven point five, and that is all we have for you today on the episode talking about. Bob Odenkirk's Nobody. Thanks for listening today. Uh, you can find Minority Support Film wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I'm talking, we're even on Pandora. No one uses Pandora, but we're there. <laughs> um, if you got a minute, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super helpful. Helps us climb the charts, helps people find us, um, and helps us also know that you guys are digging it, what you're digging. Um you know, what kind of episodes, again, I've said this before, but like people, people have mentioned to us, Hey, I love this kind of episode. You know, somebody said they love the true lies episode. Um, so, you know, leave us a review, let us know what you like and let us know. Um, so we can keep improving on that. It helps us get better and better and better every time. Shama, 
where can the people find you? You can find me at Mohamed Shama on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at the Raul Nevado on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at Minorities Report Film. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at mreportpod. And make sure you check out the site for all good stuff, all written content. we got South by Southwest coverage. You know, um, yeah, all the goodies. That is mreportpod.com. A, be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours. Minorities Report. Peace.